This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning, Bucknoters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Monday, April 12th, 2021. I am Dave Biddle, and I'm very happy to be joined by Patrick Murphy. We're going to talk all things spring ball. The final week of spring ball, Patrick, obviously the spring game is going to be this Saturday. There's going to be 20,000 fans in the house. We'll talk about that as well. Let's get into what's kind of stood out most during spring ball to us. I'll start with the quarterback position. What's your breakdown of that? You know, when we've been at practice, the few times we've been there, there's actually an open session today that the media is at right now. Our Steve Hellwagon's covering it for us. When we've been there, C.J. Stroud goes first in everything. Now, Ryan Day's not going to tell us who's the leader. Um, I don't blame him. But um, just your thoughts on how things are shaking out the quarterback position. Yeah, I mean, I think it. You know, we, we've reported it and we've discussed it before that do you know everything we understand is, is CJ Stroud has some sort of lead um, in in the clubhouse here, and you know he's he's probably the guy to beat. Um, now Ryan Day, when we've talked to him, has obviously said it, and other people have said um, in in interviews that you know the uh, they're splitting the reps evenly, and you know all the kind of stuff we've we've really heard all spring. Um, you know, I I think that is probably true. I'm sure there's times when Jack Miller or Kyle McCord takes first team reps. In fact, I think you've seen some of that in videos they've put out um, on social media. It's, it's been an interesting spring. At least we have been able to go see a little bit of it. Um, but, you know, for the first half of spring ball, we were just kind of operating on, on what we were told. So, you know, it's, it's been tough to, to tell for sure, but yeah, I mean, I think regardless of what has been said publicly, CJ Stroud definitely has, um, you know, some lead in this race and, you know, other guys have certainly had their days. I mean, I've, I've talked to a couple of people that have said, you know, well, today was today was a big day for Kyle McCord or today was a real good day for Jack Miller. Obviously, there's there's been some video that's come out that's shown some of that, too. So, um, you know, in no means do I think this is over, um, but I think we've been pretty clear with our reporting the whole time that C.J. Stroud is, is the leader in the clubhouse. And, you know, at, at this point, it would surprise me if, if that doesn't carry into fall camp. Um, but I think that's when that competition is really going to heat up and. You know, summer stuff is obviously going to play a part, even though the coaches can't really be around for that. Um, but, you know, obviously the guys are going to continue to work and, and you know, continue to throw with the receivers. And, and that'll have an impact one way or the other as well. Quarterback is, of course, uh, the main topic of conversation. That's why I started the show out with it. Other than quarterback, what has stood out to you the most so far during spring? And you can name more than one thing if you'd like to. Yeah, I think that um, one interesting one, and maybe one that's not getting talked about enough, is this with the receivers and, and Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, you know, obviously he loses his black stripe along with Jack Sawyer, the first freshman to do so this year. And you know, if you'd had if you'd had me guess on the offensive side of the ball who probably loses their black stripe first, I don't know if I would have guessed Marvin Harrison. So um, you know, I've heard 
you know, even before that, that he was looking really good. Um, the one day that I was at uh, practice, he had a couple nice catches. Now I saw the the, the least of, uh, of the amount of the, at least the two days you and I were there. Um, so there wasn't a ton for me to, to garner about him, but I was really impressed. It, it sounds like he's a guy who's, and this should be no surprise given who his father is. And, you know, he was highly rated obviously, but you know, you've got some other receivers there that you thought might be would, uh, would kind of steal the headlines. And um, from my understanding, it's, it's been Marvin Harrison. That's really impressed. So good news for the Buckeyes. Now how that impacts how much he plays next year, obviously it's a really crowded receiver room and there's guys that are, are just as hungry as him um, that didn't get much playing time last year. We already have covered G Scott moving over to, to tight end. Um, to get more playing time, which another thing I thought was interesting. So those have kind of been the thing on the offensive side of the ball. The defensive side of the ball, you know, it, it sounds like a lot of things have been, you know, maybe business as usual as opposed to trying too many different things or experimenting with guys. Obviously, there's some injuries and stuff like that. So some guys have had to step in. I'll be really interested to see the, the Lathan Ramson situation and, and how much he's going to play. We've heard a lot about him and I don't, I I have a hard time garnering where exactly he's going to fit in. You know, we know Marcus Williamson is still there. We know that they are doing some too high safety stuff um, from time to time. So, you know, what position does he fit in? But it sounds like he's a guy that's going to be very hard to keep off the field. Um, You know, and and obviously, you know, what we saw at the end of the season, I think showed that as well. So, um, you know, those are kind of things that have stood out to me off the top of my head from both sides of the ball. Yeah, let's talk about running backs. Um, it sounds sure. like from everything, you know, the little that we've seen, you know, and um, I, yeah, I was fortunate when I was out there, they let us stay out there for six periods and uh, that, you know, we got to see a decent amount of practice. Mayan Williams, you know, with Master Teague working on the side, he, he wasn't, looked like it must have just been something minor. Um, Mayan Williams is going first with the running backs and he's looking good. And apparently he was looking good. They had like a, I don't know if it was a full scale scrimmage, but they at least had some scrimmage opportunities over the weekend. It sounds like Mayan Williams did really well. I saw the Ohio State uh, Twitter account tweeted out something about him scoring a touchdown at the scrimmage. But it sounds like Mayan Williams, um, you know, he had that momentum late in the season, had a few uh, carries there against Clemson, ran over uh, Nolan Turner there, who uh, interestingly enough had that interception to uh, end the game the previous year. And he had Mayan Williams, that true freshman, getting a chance, and he just like trucked him. Uh, that was so everybody's excited about Mayan Williams, and he's carried that into the spring. Um, your thoughts on Mayan Williams and just the running back position in general? Yeah, the, the position in general, I think, is is interesting because you obviously Master Teague has plenty of experience, um, and we've talked about before. You know, we just don't know if he's that that elite level guy. Um, you know, he can obviously do some very good things, and, and showed that against Alabama. But um, you know, they need, in my mind, they need a bell cow. I think they're most, uh, you know, they're most effective when they have a guy like a Trey Sermon, like a J.K. Dobbins. So finding that's crucial. Now, if that's Mayan Williams, that's great. Um, you know, I think obviously the two freshmen that came in are very highly thought of. Um, you know, Travion Henderson was the third guy to lose his black stripe. So obviously he's doing some stuff that's impressing people. But, um, you know, I think they do need to find that guy. I, I will be very interested to see if it is Mayan Williams. You know, I've talked and this has nothing to do against him. I want to see it more so than those few carries that we saw, um, especially towards the end of the season. You know, I think the hype train, and he even admitted this when we talked to him, um, you know, he felt that, you know, social media blew up about him and things like that. And, you know, I just, this happens a lot with guys, right? They get a few carries or a few catches or make a couple plays on defense. And, and then, you know, maybe you hear from him again in the spring and then you don't hear from him again for most of their career. I mean, look at a guy like Demario McCall who, 
you know, played really well as a freshman and then just kind of never found that, that vibe again. Um, you know, mine Williams, like you said, you, it sounds like he's doing some really good things. So um, if he can be that guy, great. Uh, you know, I think that, that there's a lot of competition there though. Um, you know, these, these, there's a lot of talent, especially with a healthy Marcus Crowley, Master Teague being fully healthy after coming back from that Achilles injury last year, which I don't think we really have, you know, given enough credit to maybe, maybe to some degree, but um, yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting position. And especially when you have two young or a young quarterback that's going to be starting there, you know, having a reliable running back or two is going to be very important. Another thing that probably isn't getting as much publicity and yeah, we're as much at fault of this as anybody. We're the ones that, that write the stories is Ohio state's basically going to their base defense is going to have two linebackers basically because the, the Sam is now a hybrid. It, you know, I mean, Craig young is listed as a linebacker, but backing him up there. If Craig young does win the job is going to be Ronnie Hickman. Who's a safety. So that Sam is really like a hybrid safety outside linebacker. Also court Williams will factor in there. Those are going to be the three main guys. I find that very interesting. So that really pushes Kayvon Pope out of a starting job. If you're going to have, you know, probably Dallas Gant as the middle linebacker, although Cody Simon is coming on big time with Dallas Gant missing the spring. So I think both those guys are going to play uh, Dallas Gant and Cody Simon. And that's another story of spring is Cody Simon looking good running with the ones there, uh, seizing his opportunity. And then Taraja Mitchell looks like he's going to be the weak side backer. Um, but I find this interesting, Patrick, at that Sam, it's going to be really a hybrid with, Craig Young looks like he'll get, he's going to be the starter, but Ronnie Hickman looked good to me last year. Um, and then if Court Williams is going to be healthy coming off that torn ACL, those are going to be the three main guys there. I find that interesting that the base defense is really going to have um, two linebackers on the field. They've talked about this quite a bit since you know Brian Day made the, the transition to Al Washington and Greg Madison with that bullet position. And, and that term has kind of gone away a little bit. I, we still use it. The coaches don't seem to use it nearly as much, but you know, it's, it's, it's still that idea of having, like you said, somebody that's a hybrid that can do both safety and linebacker type of things defensively. So, you know, we haven't really seen it in terms of a, a, a designated player. You know, Pete Warner did that stuff. He was clearly a linebacker that was just versatile. Baron Browning, the same thing last year, and, and even Pete Warner to some degree. And then you saw someone like Lathan Ransom come in and, and play, um, cover the slot and things like that. So, It'll be it'll be interesting to see if, if they go to that full time um, with a guy on the field that is, you know, almost designated as that bullet or, you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, it's, it's just it's been the talk. It just has never materialized as well. And, and I think it just depends on personnel. Right. And, and what the other team is doing, too. You know, I think that that single high safety uh, two linebacker situation hasn't always worked when they've gotten to the college football playoff. You know, they, they've gone to some very different looks defensively. And, you know, my big thing is I think this defense, regardless of what your base is, it needs to be more versatile and it needs to work with, with your guys. I think last year for a little bit, they tried to fit that those players into a defense that, that worked two years ago, but maybe wasn't the best fit for them. Um, and a lot of that I think had to do with the lack of off season, the lack of fall camp, you know, you just didn't have time to work on and learn about those guys, the young guys, especially. So, um, you know, I think that's got to be important here is, is if it's the best thing to have a guy like Craig Young out there and kind of that hybrid role, then that's what you go with. But, um, you know, it needs to make sense. It can't just be, this is the way we want to play. Um, you know, if you don't have the right guys to make it work. Yeah, and I found it interesting, you know, just for the listeners to get some clarity here. Um, it's not like Craig Young's floating back and forth, like where he sometimes he's repping with the linebackers, sometimes he's working with the safeties. Like he was working with the defensive backs when they go through DB drills. Number fifteen was out there, and man, does he stand out! You see a six foot four, 
safety yeah. out there listed as an outside linebacker, as I said on, on Friday's show uh, with Jay Book. I mean, we're not comparing him uh, to Sean Taylor, but I'm saying when you see a safety out there that, uh, that is of that stature, that is the first thing that pops in my mind. I'm like, Man, he, he looks like Sean Taylor out there. Uh, let's hope he plays like it. But everybody says Craig Young. You know, he, I thought Craig Young looked good last year when he got chances to play. And he's always flashed on special teams. I like Ronnie Hickman, too. As you mentioned, Lathan Ransom is going to give Marcus Williamson a run for his money for that slot corner, which is really like another safety, really. Uh, slot yeah. corner safety. It's another kind of a hybrid spot. So I think Lathan, both those guys are going to play. Marcus Williamson, uh, who was a starter last year, and Lathan Ransom, who really came on at the end of the year, like you said, both those guys are going to play. But, uh, yeah, I did find it interesting seeing Craig Young out there working with the safeties, not the linebackers, when we were at practice last week. All right, last thing, as yeah. promised, I'm really fired up for the spring game, man. Um, uh, just five days away now. I love that we're going to have fans in the stands, 20,000 fans, you know, including uh, you know, 10,000. I love what Ohio State's doing. They're giving it to the, the medical personnel, the, um, the people that have had such a, a tough time over this, uh, this last year plus. Uh, there's going to be about 5,000 tickets that go on sale uh, to the general public and then about uh, 2.5K to students and then about 2.5K to friends, family, et cetera, et cetera. I love that we're going to have 20,000 fans at the game this Saturday. I'm excited. We'll see when we talk to Ryan Day later today what the format's going to be. I imagine there's not going to be a lot of tackling. I hope I'm wrong. I like seeing real football, Patrick. Real football, but uh, I will take it. I love that we're going to see fans in the stands and see some uh, Scarlet and Gray get after it this Saturday. Yeah, the spring game is always fun. and you know It is a glorified scrimmage, but it's always nice this time of year, and especially given that we didn't have it last year. Um, you know, to, to get out, back out to the shoe, to, you know, see some football, you know, I, like you said, I hope that it does have some feel of a football game. You know, I remember at least once, maybe twice when Jim Trestle did it, where they, it wasn't football, you know, it was just really a practice that was, was watched uh, by everybody. Two so, hand touch. Yeah. Yeah. I hope, that. One, I hope hand they, touch. One, one finger touch. Yes. Right. Yes. I don't like yeah, that. So, so I hope that they, yes, I hope that they do play some football, but yes, it will be nice. You know, all of last year, it was a very weird vibe, um, you know, whether you were watching on TV or, or at the game uh, to, to, you know, see that horseshoe so empty, uh, a place that's just even even for a spring game usually gets pretty packed and gets loud and, and stuff like that. So, you know, that'll be awesome to see at least some people back in there. And I'm really optimistic that when they get to next fall, it'll be, you know, I don't know if it'll be completely full, but I think there'll be a good amount of fans back and especially as the season progresses. So um, I think this is just pointing in the right direction. Obviously the big 10 made the decision to let sports and, and this is outside of football, um, you know, go on local regulations instead of making it a blanket thing across the big 10. So steps in the right direction, I think. And, you know, I feel pretty good about where it's going. Heck yeah. Same here, man. I think uh, with the way vaccinations are going, everything, and I'm convinced and I've been told this by people I trust they're not going to make them do it. And Ryan Day has said this. The players are not going to be under a mandate. They have to get vaccinated. But I'm told every player on the team is going to be willing to, to get vaccinated. So um, that's that's great news. Um, yeah, I mean, if it happens. means you can, if it means you can kind of live your life and continue to play football, um, you know. And I don't. We don't need to go into any sort of political talk here. But I can't see why a player wouldn't after going through what they did last year. You know, that was that was tough for a lot of those guys. So I, I have to imagine that will be the case.
Yes, sir. And that's exactly what I was told. I was, it was basically like, can you, I mean, he, I had a source tell me after all the stuff these guys went through, you don't think they're gonna be willing to get this vaccine, this vaccine. Right. He's like, almost like, are you crazy for even asking me this? I'm like, I just wanted to make sure that's my inclination was everybody would be willing to get it. But I've I had people telling me on Twitter, oh, come on, there's gonna be a handful of guys that are gonna be unwilling to do it. I'm like, no, I, I don't think so. And then Checked with somebody I trust that he's that laughed me out of the room. Like, of course, everybody's going to do it. And that includes coaches. That includes support staff members. Everybody over there at the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. Uh, some have already been vaccinated, obviously. Well, great stuff out of Patrick Murphy. As we mentioned, Ryan Day today at 11 a.m. The Buckeyes are practicing right now. It's a little past 9 a.m. when Patrick and I are recording the show here. So our Steve Hellwagon is there. Keep it locked to Bucknuts for video and a story of everything Ryan Day has to say after practice today. Thanks again to Patrick Murphy for his knowledge, and thank you to everybody for tuning in the show. We appreciate that very much. Hope everyone has a great day. Let's show that Buckeye swag, best damn band in the land. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.